DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone, and we are brought to you in part by The Warehouse. Join the big show Friday from 2 to 6 at The Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Let me just say, boom! Time to welcome in Eric Walden, Utah jazz writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. Eric, good morning. How are you guys doing? We are doing well. Not as well as the Utah Jazz, who are doing very, very well, having won four in a row. And 15 out of 16. And here come the Celtics. Are the Jazz really this good? I think they're Jazz fans. You've lived here a long time. You know, Jazz fans wait for the other shoe to fall. Should we wait for the shoe to fall, or should we just accept this is one of the top two or three teams in the league, and maybe they're better than that? Uh, this, this, this team is god-awful. I hate to break it to you. you know, they're just... <laughs> Terrible all the way around. Uh, it's all smoke and mirrors, it's a mirage, house of cards, whatever other cliche you want to throw out there. They're just, you know, this record not not sustainable. Not going to last. They're terrible offensively, terrible defensively. They can't rebound. They can't defend. Uh, or conversely, you know, they're pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I I think fans are. Uh, I think fans are right to be excited. This the time you know um what we're seeing out of this team that we haven't seen out of teams in the past is they've they've finally found that balance on both sides of the ball you know we we went through all those years of these Quinn Snyder teams where they're a top three defensive team in the league but uh couldn't keep up with the Golden States and Houston Rockets of the world we go through that major retooling you know bring in Mike Conley bring in Boyan bring in Jordan Clarkson and they can score with anyone, but they they overdid it a little bit, and then and the defense uh, became you know not quite where it needed to be. And this year, you know, we're seeing a team that's been consistently among the top four, five, six in both offensive rating and defensive rating. Uh, they're among the top one or two rebounding teams in the league. They've got a bit of everything, and and if they can stay healthy, there's no reason why they can't be among those top one, two, three, four teams in the league. So when you're winning at this rate, Eric, it's really just incredible. I don't think anybody's going to expect 15 out of 16 or whatever it might be going forward. But when you look at this team during this incredible run that they have have had, what do you think is legitimately sustainable, not just over the regular season, but what we can expect in the postseason? Well, um, they've got a lot of scoring options, right? So, I mean, you you look at those games that Donovan Mitchell missed the other day, right, or or a week ago when he was out in the uh, concussion protocol. How does this team fare a couple of years ago if, if Donovan Mitchell is out, right? Like, you're pretty much just uh, penciling in two losses right away. So the fact that uh, this team has additional high-level scoring options. We know this team can can put the ball in the basket. We know this team can generate open three-point looks. That's sustainable. Uh, the rebounding is sustainable, right? I mean, on top of Rudy Gobert being just one of the best in the league, they've, they've designed a system now where even though Royce O'Neal is, is an undersized uh, four, if you will, he's averaging you know an incredible number of rebounds. We're, we're seeing... Despite what Shaquille O'Neal says, we're seeing Donovan Mitchell get involved in rebounding. We're seeing Bogey a little better in rebounding. We're seeing uh, even Mike Conley is posting like a career high in offensive rebounding percentage this year. So that's sustainable. 
Um, I guess what, uh, what, what concern I have going forward is, you know, this team is still a little turnover prone. And uh, we're, I, I think that's occasionally where we see things go wrong with this group is uh, when they're not taking care of the basketball and when they're not consistently running in transition one way or the other. Um, when they're not doing it defensively, they're, they're giving up too many easy points, right? And we've seen that on a few occasions. And then, you know, you take the game that they had against the Pacers the other day where they're just tired. And, and you know, you can explain that one away because it's the third game in, in less than four days. But um, they've had situations where, um, you know, they've had that happen where they're not running on offense, even in situations that are more favorable and advantageous to them. And that's when you kind of constantly see Quinn Snyder calling timeouts and saying, why are we walking the ball up the court? Why are we taking our time and not sprinting up court and not spreading the floor and generating these advantages that we've worked so hard to create? So those are probably the problem areas where where you'd like to see a little more consistency. One game at a time is a cliche. They really seem to do that and not worry too much about the streaks and possibly the doubting at the national level. Shaq's the highest example, but there's others that are the most obvious example. But there's other examples out there. Does that keep these guys motivated? Are they really in the one-game-at-a-time mode because they don't seem to hit flat spots, dull spots, and just kind of lose their edge for no apparent reason? As much as any team is in that mode, you know, I, I never fully believe these guys when they're like, we're not looking ahead at all, you know, like, of course, our our attention is fully focused on the Charlotte Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks. You know, it's like no no team's attention is ever fully focused on that. But uh, I will say, you know, up to up to this point, this team has done a pretty incredible job of you know maintaining as much of that focus as they can. You know, we've had we've asked them on several occasions. You know, hey, what about such and such a stretch coming? You know, coming up in the schedule. What about this team that's lurking what about that matchup and you know to their credit they're like yeah like we we know that stuff is out there we're not going to pretend you know that we're so myopic so singularly focused that we're not aware of that but um conversely it doesn't do us any good to worry about that if we if we have a slip up against you know the hawks or the hornets or or whoever they're playing you know the pistons that happens to be a, uh, a team that's further down the standings. You know, all of these wins uh, ultimately count the same towards getting home court advantage. I don't know if home court advantage is even going to be a thing even by the end of the season or not, but, you know, we'll see. And, um, you know, for, for those people who are wondering how they stack up against the top teams in the league, I think we're going to find that out over these next two weeks, right? Yeah, that leads me right into directly into my next question because they do get a heavy dose of this Western stuff. So do you think I try not to overplay one game on a game-by-game basis because in the playoffs, even if you win in the regular season, you still got to beat – say you beat the Lakers coming up and they've already beaten the Clippers. you got to beat them four times. But collectively, uh, are you putting a little more stock into these games here in these next couple of weeks? Yeah, you can't not, right? I mean, these are, these are the games that, that um, really kind 
kind of give you an indication of, okay, is is this team legit? You know, a lot of people have been saying, well, you know, it's easy to win 11 games in a row when you're playing the teams they were playing, which I don't think that was necessarily true. I don't think that was necessarily fair. You know, you had the Bucks in there, you had the Nuggets in there. Um, Andy Larson, who I work with, took a look at that schedule and he's like you know that, that was a perfectly league average schedule they played during that time but at the same time you do want to see how they compete against the top teams in the league and I mean they've had a few of those games already they've, they've beaten the Bucks already this season you know they beat their one-on-one against the Nuggets but they've got a Celtics team coming in tonight that's good you've got the Bucks following that uh, the Miami Heat have not been great this year but they're a team that made the finals last year so who knows? Sixers coming up, two games against the Clippers in a row, uh, a rematch with the Hornets, and then and then the Lakers. Yeah, like we're going to learn a lot about this team during that stretch. And um, I guess the thing I would say is let's not overreact one way or another. You know, if if they come out of this winning more than not, you get definitely confirmation. I guess you would say that that this really is one of the elite teams of the league, and. If maybe they struggle uh, against this against this slate, you know, then maybe you take a step back, you reevaluate. Uh, at the same time, you know, teams go through bad stretches, and and it would be understandable to go through a bad stretch against that slate of teams. So even if uh, even if they're less than perfect during this stretch coming up, I would say I think this team is is good enough and quality enough and has the right mix of personnel and, and skills that um, you wouldn't need to get too critically upset, even if uh, they, they weren't perfect during this coming stretch. Well, good luck with that, with people not reading too much into it, because people are dying yeah, I know. to read Every, something into it. Everyone's rational when it comes to sports <laughs> and the jazz in particular, right? Exactly. That's exactly what we've learned. Total rationality at all times. Yeah. Uh, and as long as we're being rational... Uh, there's a lot of rational Jazz fans who the reason they're worried is not because of the Jazz. What they're worried is that the Jazz are a half game in front of the Lakers, and the Lakers are coasting, and LeBron will take it to another level in the playoffs. And right now it's just, yeah, I mean, I'd rather win than lose, but let's, let's not get carried away with this. Uh, because he, he can afford to be rational because he's been to the mountaintop multiple times, and he knows what it takes. How much do you buy into that line of thinking? Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty valid line of thinking, you know. I mean, uh, LeBron is the gold standard in the league right now, you know. They're, the Lakers are the defending champs. Um, they had the best record, at least. I forget if it was in the entire league or, or just in the Western Conference last year. I want to say the Bucks had the best record and the Lakers were the best in the West. And then they went out and all they did was had Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell and and, and you know, Mark Gasol and uh, kind of a murderer's row of talented basketball players. So, um, and and then on top of that, they've still got that Anthony Davis guy to go along with LeBron James. So, uh, it's a completely valid concern. You know, the Lakers should be considered the favorites going forward until someone knocks them off. And you know, on top of that, this was a this was the one team that Dennis Lindsay came right out and said we did not match up well against them. You know, that, the Lakers were the primary reason that he went out and made Derek Favors his, his top free agent acquisition. You know, I mean, obviously they needed an upgrade over Tony Bradley and, and Ed Davis and 
uh, Fave is going to help throughout the regular season against the whole uh, assortment of teams um, backing up Rudy. But the Jazz were just too small to viably, you know, kind of compete with the Lakers. The Lakers threw him all sorts of matchup problems. So we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, there's a whole lot to that. You, know, you, you look at the games that the Lakers have played, and there's not been a whole lot of them up to this point where you're like, they are, you know, they're in top gear at the moment. So we'll see how it goes. Um, we'll see how the Jazz match up against them. And ultimately, you know, you're right. It's, it's going to come down to can they beat them four times in the playoffs? And, and we'll see. I think right now, barring a catastrophic number of injuries, I think in the short term, the only thing that's going to slow them down would be an injury to go bare because I think that he is the most indispensable player on this team. Now, favors can step up, but then you don't have anybody who can step up for favors. So, to me, it's critical that they keep Gobert out on that floor as much as possible. How do you see that? Right, right. You're, uh, yeah, couldn't agree more there. Rudy is, I, I was speaking with, uh, I was speaking with a guy from a radio station in Vancouver last night of all things, and, and he's asking me about various guys on the Jazz and, and, you know, who's kind of quote unquote most valuable. And, you know, we got to talking about Rudy and the national perception of him. And, you know, I, I mentioned to him, look, Rudy is one of these guys who, looking at the numbers on, on you know, a website or a, or a spreadsheet or whatever, does not do him justice. He's a guy who, if you don't watch him play night after night, game after game, you can't truly appreciate the impact that he has on this team on both sides of the court. And, yeah, you know, Fave is a, is a great backup, but ultimately he is the backup for a reason, which is that Rudy is, um, you know, a superstar defensively and an incredible screen setter and rim roller and, and lob threat offensively. And yeah, if they lose him, uh, it, it's game over and they're screwed. Um, you know, beyond that, I guess the, the 1A right now would be let's see how they look without Mike Conley. You know, the offense kind of bogged down in Indiana the other day uh, with, with Don and Joe running things solely, um, you know, even though even though Donovan got nine assists or ten assists or eleven assists, I think he was the one rebound short of the triple double, right? He wound yeah. up with eleven assists. Yeah, but we still had we still had moments where they were kind of slogging through the offense. Now, how much of that was the schedule and being tired in the early start? Those are all potential factors. Uh, I'm curious with Mike out again tonight. You know what the offense looks like and how highly tuned it's it's running so um because mike's been incredible this year you know he's been everything this year that jazz fans were hoping he would be last year and so if he's out for an extended period with this with this hamstring uh issue then you know that's potentially trouble as well eric we appreciate a few minutes as always and we will talk to you again later this season thanks for coming on my pleasure guys happy to talk to you anytime except maybe PK. Oh. Him, I have to, him, I have to limit myself. I can only take in small doses. Is that because you got a large dose of the trib back in the day? Exactly. I'm yeah. still, I mean, when did you leave PK? You know, I've never left. 
<laughs> in that way. I think I'm still around, but technically well, I left in 2000. That's, that's what it feels like sometimes, and this is where I never my left. issue comes in. Yeah. No, actually, Eric and I go back to, I trained him. He was at my feet when he was uh, working for the student newspaper at the U. So a lot of the success, I think you can contribute directly to my tutelage. Yeah, so anyone out there uh, who, who has a feeling about me one way or the other, um, it's, it's PK's fault. So there you go. <laughs> Nothing's on you. All the credit and all the blame goes to PK. <laughs> Exactly. I'll take the blame. There you go. <laughs> All right. Eric, we appreciate a few minutes. Thank you. All right. Take care, guys. You can follow Eric on Twitter, at Trib Jazz. He's got the at Trib Jazz handle right now. Eric Walden, jazz writer for the Salt Lake Tribune.